This episode of the No Film School podcast was brought to you by Elements, human-centered media storage. Check them out at elements.tv, the new centerpiece of your facility, which is so much more than just storage. Hey everyone, it's George Edelman, Editor-in-Chief at No Film School. And today I have an interview for you with Dawn Porter. Dawn Porter is a documentary filmmaker, and she has a movie coming out that couldn't be more perfectly timed. It is called The Way I See It, and it's about the office of the presidency of the United States from an extremely unique perspective. It's the perspective of a White House and presidential photographer who has uh, unbelievable access. There's no other way to put it. Um, this is about uh, photographer Pete Souza. I believe that's the way to pronounce the name. So someone correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and a one-man touring show he does where he talks about what it's been like to photograph these presidents. And he's done many of them. And I won't get into the specifics because I want you to see the movie, but I also want you to listen to the interview because uh, there's a lot of cool stuff. It's a heartbreaking, uh, gut-wrenching, and um, revelatory film and story. And uh, Dawn was not a filmmaker. She was a lawyer. Her route into documentary filmmaking is interesting, especially for those who are looking to make changes in their career from one part of the business to another or from one business to another or just looking for ways to follow a new thread in life. Um, and she's blown up right now because she also did Good Trouble, the John Lewis doc from earlier this year. And she's just on top of it and doing some amazing work. And I can't wait to have people see this movie, um, but I'm also really excited for everyone to listen to this interview. So here we go. So I usually like to start with something like this. Um, what can you kind of just tell me a little bit about how you got into filmmaking? What initially drew you to being a documentary filmmaker or if that was even the initial uh, idea or interest in your career or, or where you really started? Sure. Um, I am a lawyer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, I practiced at a firm and I had really nice outfits and direct deposit <laughs> and insurance. And so who wants those things? Um, right. You, know, you, so, you threw it all away. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, you know, you know what? Um, my father was a photographer and so, you know, kind of making images has always been part of my life. I do photography as well. Um, and I, I, in my photography, I was always drawn to people and their faces. And then at some point I realized, oh, with the video, you can make them talk. <laughs> so, um, but I went from being a lawyer uh, at a firm to working for ABC television and then ABC News. Um, and then I migrated to from as a lawyer and then I migrated to the standards and practices group which, you know, the way that, that my boss set up that job is we were focused on the ethics of news reporting. So not 
whether you can do something legally, but whether you should do it ethically as a reporter. And that was really instructive for me. And I, it really just got me thinking about how important it is um, that we have accurate storytelling. Um, but I also realized like who the gatekeepers were for the stories were not people who look like me. So at some point I was like, you know what? I can do this. Why am I waking the world safe for other people when I, I have stories I want to tell? So I was de- it was definitely an evolution to this career, um, which I started, you know, in earnest about 10 years ago. And, um, you know, I've, I haven't looked back. I've been a full-time filmmaker since 2010. Yeah, I'm really, so it must have been fascinating to be working in standards and practices and see the way that journalism and the news has crumbled <laughs> for lack of a better, that, like, no, or that how, is, that like, is I mean, exactly, I want to know more about that. <laughs> yeah, no, that is exactly right. And that is also why I was so attracted to Pete's story is because I also know how the sausage is made. I know how important it is to have, you know, people with ethics who are responsible for communicating information. Um, And, you know, I've kind of watched with increasing anxiety and horror as even, you know, programs that I politically agree with, this isn't how news is supposed to be done, right? We're supposed to, you know, kind of be looking for accuracy and and not have political opinions. Um, so, and and what happens is you don't have sources that can that are speaking to everyone. And and I think, I think that that's dangerous because then what you just say is a pox on all your houses. You're all just motivated to report things a certain way, and it undermines the accuracy of what you're reporting. So, um, you yeah, know, I, I'm, yeah, I'm curious to know, you know, because Pete, so the way I see it, and I want to talk more about it, obviously, at some point, um, it's amazing. You did an amazing job. And it was, it was kind of heartbreaking to watch, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little hard for me. I was kind of like, oh man, do I need to relive the Obama? Like, I can't, I can't right now. But I, <laughs> but I, you know, you talked about your father being a photographer and you talked about faces and Pete is a photographer capturing, you know, Barack Obama, Ronald Reagan, you know, so there's a lot, there's obviously, it sounds like there's a lot that connected you to this story and this particular project, but I still am kind of curious about this evolution from lawyer to, so what, what pushed you from, um, and also because, you know, at, at No Film School, we have so many listeners and readers who are kind of learning about how to switch even within the industry careers or how to tell stories in a, in a, in a different way than maybe is available to them. And you went from, you went from a lawyer to news, to ABC, right? What, was, what motivated that particular moment? Um, and how to, did you do it? Yeah, to tell you the truth, um, I was working in a firm. I was in my fifth year, which any of your listeners who are lawyers will know is a really pivotal year. It's when they really start evaluating you as a partner, or, possibly. As a partner, right. right. Yeah. And so it's kind of a, a crossroads. You know, it's kind of a choice point in your life where you have to decide is this what I want to do? Is this what I'm going to do? And um, to tell you the absolute truth, um, my uh, best friend passed away and she was, you know, 37 
And I said to myself, I got to make sure, you know, this life, you know, what's it? It's like the chili peppers. This life is not a run through. And I was like, I just got to make sure I'm doing all the things I want to do. And, and I realized I wasn't. I wasn't a miserable lawyer, but I just wasn't doing everything I really wanted to do. So I kind of said to myself, the next interesting, challenging thing I'm going to say yes to. And what happened is a partner at the firm I was working at went to be the head of litigation at ABC. And he asked if I wanted to come. And I was like, yes. yes <laughs> That's I so do. cool. Yeah. Um, and then it kind of went on from there. And then from there, you were that's where you we picked up this this thread of seeing the stories, seeing the gatekeepers and feeling exactly. like, I want to be a one whose unfiltered truth is presenting some unfiltered truth to the world. That is the loveliest way to say it. And I'm going <laughs> to now say it myself that way and take credit for it. Um, I, so as I, I was at ABC in the legal department for a year and a half, I did a project with the news division and, you know, my boss we got along and she hired me to be her deputy for new standards and practices. So that's, that was that kind of evolution that really set me on this path to evaluating how stories are told, how facts are gathered, how news is, you know, actually reported. And the first few like projects you did, documentary projects, um, you know, I mean, there's, there's a number of them, but you, did you, you started, like, did you start grabbing a camera and shooting stuff? Like what was the first no, kind of step into that? No. Right. So, so where did it like, well, you, you know, I, I asked just because no, you have no, that, that photography uh, DNA, yeah. but like, how did you get, how did it first happen? The first stories and the first, yeah, you so, know. Um, the f- very first thing I did was something called a chefography for uh, the Food Network. And it was about Alexandra Guarnaschelli, who is, you know, she's on Chopped and she's one top chef. And she's, she's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, she's awesome. So uh, I had a friend who was a producer at Food Network and she, I just kept begging her to let me do something. <laughs> yeah. And so she let me produce that first thing. So I just hired everybody. And, you know, lawyer skills are quite simpatico with producer skills, organization, you know, bossing people around, making sure <laughs> everybody's where they're supposed to be. Right. And then yeah. it was like, oh, and you get to do this storytelling thing on top of it. This is pretty great. Um, but my first film was Gideon's Army, which is about a young group of young public defenders working in the Deep South. And um, that's where I really found, like, I think my kind of sweet spot in, in filmmaking. I felt like okay, I have really something to say here about these young lawyers. I've been a lawyer. I know what, you know, that journey is. I know what it means, you know, for black people to go into the law, like all of that. So it really started more with a passion for telling their stories. I felt like as a lawyer, I could maybe translate some of the difficulties of being a public defender, even though I wasn't a public defender. But I also felt like, it was very satisfying to me as a former corporate lawyer to really point out how incredible these public lawyers are. So I felt like I had something to say. And I think that that's really important is more than picking up a camera, more than wanting to be a boss, is do you have something to say? That That is when you're a documentary person. So, you know, but because I'm a lawyer, I also like, I know what I don't do. So... I figured out and through my experience in television and 
by that time I had also worked at A&E, I had enough contacts to call around to, to ask people for help doing the many, many things in filmmaking that I did not. Sure. And you'd, you'd experienced it at a, you know, high professional level. Exactly. You know, and reporting exactly. And all that. That so was- I had a real leg up in, in just terms of being able to go to people who I knew could, were producers, were cinematographers, were editors. And so, you know, part of, I think what I knew how to do was put together a team. I knew what I wanted to say. I need to have the team to help me. No film is done by yourself. Like, and you know, it's much better if you can collaborate with people. So I also loved that. So it just felt like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah, that's such a. Uh, I'm I'm really interested in that film. Actually, my sister works in a public defender's in the South. Actually, so that's personally interesting, and I'm going to recommend it to her. But um, aside from that, I I find that idea of um, the story you can tell, you being any individual filmmaker, is a common thread. Whenever I speak to executives, agents, festival programmers, filmmakers, it seems like being able to identify those things and know what your stories are is just critical. Um, yeah, and it seems like you got yeah. that. Yeah. You got that pretty early on. Um, so I, you know, I want to talk about, uh, the way I see it and, I, but I, I mean, I also want to mention John Lewis, good trouble, which also happened this year. So it's been a busy year for you. I would imagine. <laughs> Pandemic. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like for uncommonly so for, for people, but, um, it, so where, how did, you, how, how did that project come together? Uh, so John Lewis project, I had finished a series for Netflix called Bobby Kennedy for president. Um, and John Lewis was, uh, interviewed for that series. He was a star. He was just so emotional and empathetic. And I, I realized there were so many more stories about John Lewis that I didn't know. So, um, so CNN asked me to, to do it. And um, it just came at really great timing. And then we were kind of wrapping up and, you know, as a filmmaker, you kind of need to go right from one thing to the next. Um, So the producers for The Way I See It, Jamie Lemons and Evan Hayes came to me um, and Laura Dern and said, there's Obama had this photographer and he has 2 million pictures. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And he does this one man show and it's about leadership. And I was like, hello. So, (laughs) you know, the very first thing I did was watch the show. Pete came to this conference room at Laura Dern's office and we all just watched the show together. Oh, He just, he just did it for you guys. Like that, that whole thing. Oh, wow. How many of you were there? Yeah, it was me, Jamie, and Pete. And like, you know, their photos are just on his laptop. And then he just talks about them. Yeah. And I, you know, halfway into it, we were all crying. And I realized, like, it's like you've been holding your breath during this administration. And seeing those photos, first of all, there was such a sense of relief. I was like, oh, this is what a president is supposed to sound like and how they are supposed to work and what kind of respect they're supposed to have for people. But then also you get mad that, you know, just why are we in the situation that we were in? And this is before the pandemic. So I was going to ask you what year, when did you get, when did that happen for you? When did you guys get started in, in just 2019? You know, we, I think it's so incredible to think of. 
Elements Bolt is a groundbreaking storage solution, offering up to 10 times the speed of an SSD-based system. Designed to deliver amazing performance to every department in your facility, from scanning to color grading, editing, VFX, and GFX, Elements Bolt will put an end to stuttering playback, slow copying, or proxy creation for offline editing. This flexible, high-speed storage platform can supercharge any professional post-production environment and even provides native Avid bin locking functionality. Every element system is jam-packed with amazing tools and features developed to help with day-to-day post-production tasks. The extremely intuitive user interface is designed with creative people in mind and can easily be used with little to no IT knowledge. Ready to boost your performance? Find out more at elements.tv bolt. At some point in twenty, the end of 2018, early 2019 was when you saw Pete's one-man show for the first yes. time and had that yeah. experience that what you just described when you described seeing it is exactly like how it feels to watch it. And I'm wondering like when you had that experience and when the world is going to soon have it when they see this this film because it's kind of cathartic and, and insane. <laughs> like experiencing I mean, was, it as you said. That was the hope. And then, you know... <laughs> It just kept getting worse. Like, <laughs> oh, okay, impeachment. This is going to be our big final ending. And there's what, whether or not he's impeached, it's that there's this reckoning, right? And then it was like, nope, that's yeah, we the hoped. midpoint. <laughs> that's, it's going to keep going. But cathartic, I think, is exactly the right word because what it says is we are all not the crazy people we know that life can be better than this. And this is not about Obama is amazing. This is about the office of the presidency. This is about how many people need, people need to have ethics. People need to be doing their best. They need to be intelligent and hardworking. Even if you disagree with their outcomes, the process matters. And, I, and think I think you did. Uh, yeah. yeah. You, I'm sorry to cut you off. Please. No, no, no. But I think you see the process here. And that is as important almost as the decisions to me. Absolutely. And I, and I was just going to say and add in that I think that the film does an excellent job early on. Look, whatever your politics are, um, and mine leans strong in one direction, but uh, I'm not a big Ronald Reagan fan. But early on in the film, Pete, I think does a good job and you guys do a good job saying like, whatever you think of Ronald Reagan's policies and, and Pete had some concerns with them. He was a human being. He, there's a little bit of humanity behind like some of how he's talking about being his photographer and what he brought to the office of the presidency that I think balances this idea of like what we're used to expecting from that position and what we've had recently. And I, I think that's that, exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that why, perspective helped. Yeah. I mean, there that is part of the reason why I wanted to devote so much time to Pete's experience with Ronald Reagan. Um, you know, but also as a filmmaker, once we found that footage from the Reagan library, I was like, Oh, we gotta use this. <laughs> this is like <laughs> I mean, it was just so great to see, you know, not only the evolution of, you know, Reagan, but it's a real insight into Pete's evolution, but also into images coming out of government, you know, that Reagan was really very camera aware. And we see the danger of that if there's if there's not an empathetic person that a story is being created about. 
Yeah, he's a fascinating precursor to where we are now because exactly. he was a performer. You That's know, right. You know. And he opened the floodgates, kind of, in a way. <laughs> I think that that's right. And that's why we have, you know, David Gergen saying, you know, it's kind of this ominous thing, but it's like, who's going to control the message? Is yeah. it going to be the press or us? Right. And here we are. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, I, I, I guess, do you like, so, so what do you do next? I mean, this, this <laughs> film is, right. This film is incredible. And I think that, you know, I'm, I don't want to give too much of it away. I want, I'm excited for people to see the way I see it. Um, I think that it it is just perfect timing right now, and we're lucky that it's going to come out because uh, it's a it's like you said it's just it's a reminder of what the office is. It's a reminder that we aren't all crazy, and um, this is the perfect time. But I'm just fascinated as a, as a filmmaker. This feels so insane to me that you that this happened. This the timing of this, the timing of John Lewis. Um, what are you going to do next? Like, what? <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's an okay answer. I know. I know. No, there's, um, I mean, I'm working on a series about mental health, uh, with Oprah and, and Prince Harry. And that's also been, you know, gratifying. It's also been changed so fundamentally by all of our collective experiences with mental health. So, that's um you know really interesting to um you know i gotten i gotten some calls so we'll we'll see i would imagine i would love to do so we'll see as a as a film it feels to me like and part of the reason i think these two you did such a great job with these recent ones and i it seems like you have a journalistic approach to your filmmaking is that partly like you're waiting to find the story in the world that you want to tell or, or do you have an eye for, for when it comes across? Like, how would you advise somebody to approach documentary filmmaking the way, you know? Yeah. I think that it is people, we should have a deep respect for the audience and the audience expects that whatever you do with a documentary, you are honest in that you are doing it. So it's not that you can't have a hype, you know, there's, I love how many forms there are of the documentary. You know, there's the archival, recreation, verite. There's so many ways to express these stories. But I think the one common denominator should be truth. And it should be truth the way you see it and just being honest with people about what your perspective is. So for me, it's really important to not just have it be my own opinions supported by cherry-picked facts it's that you give people their chance to tell their story as they see it. And that's, you know, what I want to do with John Lewis. It's what I want to do with, with Pete. I mean, for Pete, he's used to his photos telling his story. And for me, one of the most important parts of this film is that it, that wasn't enough anymore. So for me, John Lewis film is all about, a young kid who found his voice and then never stopped preaching for others to find theirs. And then Pete is a guy who post 60 years old finally decides to speak. And so there's <laughs> kind of this like beauty to having them together. Right. Yeah. I, it, this idea of, of truth nowadays, it feels like we live in a world where 
everybody just decides what their own truth is and and doesn't care if it's <laughs> supported by anything else like it's just the world the, the land of confirmation bias so this idea you're presenting of truth as you see it but with you know some support or with some or with some disclaimer and honesty of like this is my perspective you know yeah. instead of saying this is universal truth it's fascinating i feel like the idea of truth in journalism has changed so much right I think we don't talk about enough about what it means, you know, um, I, I, I think we should talk more about what we're influenced by and not pretend to be this omniscient voice of God, um, yeah. you know, but, but allow, I, I really, it's really important to me to allow any characters in my work to speak for themselves so that people are going to come away with different takeaways based on their experiences. You know, I don't really want to tell someone what to think. I just want to bring their attention to some things that maybe they didn't think about before and and let it add to their own personal, you know, impressions. Yeah. That's such a, a noble way to approach it. Do you ever find in the process, oh, I might be I might be filtering this too heavily, or maybe I need to pull back here, or maybe I need to counterbalance this somehow. Do you ever, do you try, like, do you catch yourself or do you, like, oh, how yeah. do you work that in the yeah, process? Absolutely. I mean, that's part of why I wanted to stay with Reagan. You know, I was a person who was protesting Reagan's AIDS policies in Washington, yes. D.C. I lived in D.C. then. Yeah. I mean, that was, and, and so to, to, kind of check myself and to see, you know, you don't have to demonize a person to disagree with them politically. Yes. And, and like that is, that's part of like what we're experiencing now is not just political disagreements, but demonization of people personally. God, how much better off would we be if everyone was trying to right? counterbalance maybe we, that? <laughs> maybe we wouldn't have such a polarized country. Maybe we right. wouldn't be, you know, dismissing people and not able to speak to each other. So, you know, I wanted to own my own part in that, you know, like I, I'm trying to watch the Republican convention. I don't have a, I don't, I won't say <laughs> But I'm trying, you know, until like the mistruths get too much and then I turn it off. But, but I do tune in. I give them a shot, you know. That's so. admirable. I don't think I can do that. <laughs> My husband's bad. He's like, turn that off. But yeah, that no, that's your job. You're well, I guess I'm a journalist too, actually. So uh oh. <laughs> um but I but um that uh, that worked. I mean, I, as I said early on, it worked. Like I, to I completely found myself thinking like, you know, that's a fair, you know, I'd, I'll be the first to, you know, get to, to let my agenda get in the way of my ability to see the human being behind something. Um, yeah. that's become the way we, we operate on all sides these days. So I, I think it worked. It made me, it brought some perspective to the film. And I think it, it's like you laid the foundation there early on to, to allow the story to unfold. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess I'll wrap up with, if you have, I wish we had more time cause I, this is great. Um, if you had advice to young filmmakers, we kind of covered this a little bit, but I love to do this at the end when we can, um, to anyone who's interested in becoming a storyteller and getting out there and getting their, their ideas seen in the world. It's a very noisy industry. It's hard to cut through. 
How would you advise someone to get started? I think you have to be really honest with yourself about why you want to do it. Like, do you really have something to say? Um, and if you do, you know, why are you the person to say it? So um, if you think about that, you know, I think what, what tends to cut through kind of our filmic clutter are films with authenticity. Um, if there's some world you can bring us into and you know how to tell that story, I think that that's going to stand apart. Um, documentary making is not just about pointing a camera and letting it roll. It's really authored, um, an authored exercise. So you as the author, what are you, what are you laying before us? Really think about that. And then the other thing I would say is, you know, filmmaking is collaborative. None of us do this alone. And so pick your partners wisely. Pick people who are going to push you, who are going to, you know, add to the creative exercise. And then, you know, try and enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. It's actually really fun, even in a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, really good advice. I've, I've, I really clear and concise, but also echoes a lot of the best things I've heard people say in terms of like, Get, why are you getting into this and like what stories are you able to tell so uh i thanks again i wish we could talk more uh there's so many things i'd like to ask you <laughs> but i really appreciate your time and i really appreciate your work it's it's great i can't wait for people to see thank you so much no really appreciate this thanks for listening everybody uh Make sure to like, rate, subscribe, leave a comment, send an email to with questions, comments, concerns to editor at nofilmschool.com or ask at nofilmschool.com. As always, uh, we want to hear from you and um, let us know what you're interested in or what we're doing right or wrong. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff happening on nofilmschool.com. Uh, always, every day, new posts, new stories, the news. We have our 100-page free ebook on how to write a screenplay. And I'm going to keep bringing it up because if you're out there and you're looking for something to do during this strange period of time that is 2020, I think writing is like, you know, it's the best thing you can do creatively to just keep moving forward and keep developing your voice, which is something we talked about with Don. Um, we talk about all the time. Um, it's a 10 week program. It includes stuff about log lines. It includes stuff about beat sheets, all kinds of uh, helpful tools and tips. Um, and it's free. All you have to do is sign up for our newsletter, which is great. Anyway, you love the newsletter. I promise you'll love the newsletter. Uh, so anyway, enough, uh, enough plugging. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to tune in. We have a lot of exciting podcasts coming in the near future on this station or whatever you call a place where you get podcasts. Later.